Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Claret and Blue. My name's Dan Rowlands and I'm joined here by Dan Bardell for a bonus video this week. One of our unscripted, let's just chat about something for 15 minutes. Uh, Dan, you came to me earlier today as we filmed this saying... I want to do a video about the transfer window in January and why I think Villa won't or shouldn't sign anybody. First of all, how are you? Good. When you introduce your name, though, I still say your name wrong after all these I years. I still, I still call you Dan Rollinson. I've, I've yeah. clocked that in the in the intro. Trying to Those almost make yourself seem a little bit more posh by the way you pronounced it. I would say. <laughs> I pronounced it for 28 years of my life or you know, 26, whenever I started speaking. Definitely Rollinson. Um, I have got the baby down here on the floor. I am supervising him. I can see him and you'll probably hear him at some point. Uh, if he cries, I'll have to pick him up. But my partner is still at work. I thought she would be back by now and she isn't. This is the only time we could do. So, um, yeah, we'll just get straight into it. Where's this come from? Why don't you think we should sign somebody? Surely if Villa are you know, pushing for the top four, we might think we need reinforcements now. I think, I mean, I've obviously been doing podcasts like I like I always do and, and doing various things and talking about Villa and we're, we're approaching January now. And obviously this time of year, you, you do start to think about transfers. You think about how your football club is set, the direction that they're travelling in, how, how you think the season might go. I predicted at the start of the season we'd finish fifth with the, with the squad that we had. And then when, the, when um, August ended... I maybe was a little bit more conservative because we'd had a, we'd had a few injuries, but I didn't expect Ramsey Moreno to be out for, for so long. But the Buendia and Mings injuries felt like big things for us, and it kind of dampened expectations a, a, a little bit. But then as time's gone on, and I've seen the other teams, I watch a hell of a lot of football watching the, the other sides. I think it's become clear to me, and I've been thinking this for a while, and I've said it numerous times that you know I think Manchester City, Liverpool, and Arsenal are the the three best teams in the Premier League. They're going to be the top three. We're obviously the fourth best team in <laughs> yeah. the Premier League at, at, at the moment. So I think we're going really, really well. Sometimes when you bring a transfer in, it can actually disrupt what you've got and, and do more harm than good at the moment. We've got quite a lot of players who are really good footballers that aren't getting in the team, aren't getting in the first eleven. For, for Premier League games. Sometimes adding someone else into that mix can actually upset the apple cart a bit. And bearing in mind that Moreno and Ramsey have not played all season virtually, they're now coming back into the frame as well. I hate to say it, but they will feel a little bit like new signings because they haven't played all season. So throwing them into the mix, I just think, I think we're pretty well set in terms of of, of squad depth. I'd have to have a detailed look into our reg registration for Europe and for the Premier League mm. as as well. But I'd imagine we're probably at the limit of what we can do. So to bring someone in, someone will have to leave. Someone tweeted me earlier saying that, you know, Dendonker and Triora are probably surplus to requirements. If we can get rid of them, then get someone else in, that, that will improve us. And I, and I take that point. How many minutes have those two played, really? Mm. Yeah, know, yeah. Bearing in mind, we've had injuries as well. You know, those two haven't really been been needed. So sometimes I think you'll actually lose something by by bringing players in. So at the moment, as, as it's set, I don't 
I wouldn't be looking to bring anyone in, in, in January. And also, I actually don't think that we will. Is there a slight caveat that maybe like there's a backup goalkeeper or something, but you wouldn't really count that as a, as a new signing, even though they technically are? Yeah, look, I think it's, it's clear that most Villa fans with eyes know that when the goalkeeper changes, Villa are not, are not the same. If anything were to happen to Emi Martinez, I think we'd all be pretty worried. <laughs> if we were going to do something about that, though, you'd have thought we'd have done it in the summer. So again, I don't really envisage that we're going to be looking at the goalkeeping department in in January. I think we'll go with with, with what we've got and just keep our fingers crossed that nothing happens to to Emmy Martinez. Now I know he's had a, a knock here and there and, and missed a couple of games. Olsen came in, I think it was for was it Burnley away, and we we won and he was he was okay. But we have seen in the cup competitions when he comes in, there's a significant drop off. But then I would also say that it. That's not just him because a lot of the team has changed in that in that those games and there's been a drop off all round because we got knocked out of the Carabao Cup straight away and when we've heavily rotated in Europe, we lost the game as as well. We've gone a bit stronger since since then in in Europe. So of course, look if something exceptional comes up, which very rarely does in January, then I think you look at it and think, will that improve the squad? Yes, you you'd get someone in, but. I think you look at our team, Premier League-wise, now Moreno's back, I think the number drops from 10 to 9, but 9 of the 11 is is there, and I don't think Emery wants to change that for Premier League games. I think he'll he'll want to keep that the same. I think our depth is is pretty good. If you marry our squads up against, or look at our, match our squads up against other squads in the Premier League, the size is, is about right. People go on about Man City, and obviously the quality of their first 11 and first maybe 13, 14 players is out of this world, an unbelievable football team. Look at their bench at the weekend. They haven't got loads of injuries. I think Grealish missed the game because he was ill. He was due to start, but he missed the game because he was ill. But you look at their bench, and they're playing in many competitions as well, Manchester City. It isn't full of quality, and it isn't full of numbers and depth either. So I actually just look at our squad and look at the rest of the Premier League and think we're in a, we're in a good place. Do you think just the flip side of that, are you concerned about losing anyone in January? Because obviously that would spark then a, a well, we need to replace them. So there's obviously a lot of talk at the moment about Arsenal and Douglas Louise in January, which is, is mental to me. Me and John have spoke about it this week already and saying there's nothing in it. Are you concerned at all about any other players possibly going in January? Surely not. Absolutely not. I'm not concerned about <laughs> anything, really. I'm not concerned about the manager being picked up by someone else if someone was to lose their job, because I think he's got everything that he wants at Villa and we're going really, really well. I don't think players... Would, who were at Villa would want to leave one because of the setup at the club and two because of the manager and a lot of them will look at that manager and think look how much he's improved my game look at Ollie Watkins look at Douglas Louise look at look at John McGinn yeah, those players have improved infinitely under this manager there's absolutely no chance that Arsenal for example and Douglas Louise FFP they've not got 100 million to spend in January and I think that's how much Douglas Louise would, would cost be, being realistic at least 90 yeah. Arsenal don't have that wiggle room. They don't have that that room to manoeuvre. And that's another thing. You know, Greg talks about it a lot and people slated him when he when he first brought it up. But he was right with what he said about FFP in, in the summer. And obviously some of my work involves transfers and, and I hear a lot of stuff that the Sky journalists are, are talking about and saying. It's not a Villa problem. It's a, it's a Premier League problem. Teams are worried by FFP. You only have to look at what's happened with Everton. I don't mm, think teams yeah. in general will be splashing a lot of money in in January. I actually think this could end up being one of the quietest Januaries that there's been for me, for many a year. But to answer your original question, I'm not worried about 
any player leaving leaving Aston Villa. The manager leaving would seriously worry me, but I don't think that's going to happen, happen yeah. either. I just don't think teams can come and pick off our our players now. We're we're fourth in the Premier League heading into heading into December. We're in a phenomenal position, and if you look at the points tally over twenty twenty three, there's barely any teams in the Premier League that are better than us. You're obviously back on Sky this January for the quietest transfer window ever, the quietest yeah. Villa window ever. Uh, obviously, you'll be glad to be back on there. And this isn't a, a kind of clang name drop. Oh, you're back on Sky Sports. Uh, but good to be back doing that. But if it's going to be the quietest window ever, nothing to talk about, and especially from a Villa perspective, um, what do you talk about? I mean, in all fairness, I've, this will be my fourth transfer window with Sky Sports News now. And I've barely mentioned Villa <laughs> in the, across, the, across the, four, the four windows because last summer they got all their all their business done early before the show started. So I didn't really get to get to talk about Villa with in any detail. Window before we were quiet, really. We, we brought in Moreno fairly late in the window, if my memory serves me correctly. And Duran, who, being honest, I didn't know very, very much about. And the window mm. before... I think we might have signed Dendonka and Bednarek when I was when I when I was in because we'd we'd already signed um we'd already done our business quite early then under Gerard in terms of getting Kamara and Carlos in. So I've never really got to talk about Villa, but I'm I'm happy not to talk about it because I think a team that isn't active in January is a team that's doing really, really well. And that, that's exactly what, what we're doing. We're we're absolutely flying. I d I don't know what what you think, but at the moment, obviously, we are the, the the best of the rest, and top five in Champions League is a very realistic proposition for 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 this team. And it's these this team that's got us into into that position. So, as I said at the start, adding something into that doesn't necessarily make you better. Sometimes it adds confusion and you know someone else to think about the minutes that they're getting. We're distributing everything quite well at the moment across the competitions. I, I would say, you know, Leon Bailey at the moment is very happy. Looks very happy being the twelfth man coming on at, yeah, yeah. at half time. Tillemans was harshly left out of the team on on Sunday after a a really good game. We have options. We've got a lot of players that aren't playing as much football as maybe you that they would want to. And then you throw Ramsey and Moreno back into that as well. You know, Ramsey comes straight back into that team when he's fully fit. He's in Villa's best eleven. Jacob Ramsey. That leaves Zaniola. That leaves Leon Bailey. On, on on the bench to bring on John Duran, um, Tillemans. You know, there's four very good players there not getting not getting starting football. So we're really, really well set. I don't think in some quarters people realise how well set we are. Do you think we're a touch light up front and at right back? Maybe right back, you you, you could argue. But again, if I think if he thought we were light at right back, we'd have got one in the summer. I think he was satisfied going in with, with with what he got. Obviously, we've seen Conta play there a fair bit, and Diego Carlos come in at, at right centre back. That seems to be something that the manager likes for, for certain games. And I've got to be honest, I quite like it as as well. I thought Conta looked uncomfortable actually for the first time in that position against Spurs yesterday. But I thought Carlos was really good, mopped up a couple of really dangerous attacks from Spurs in the, in the first half with really composed and calm defensive work, just to kind of take a touch and and pass it out and kill the kill the ball. All these little flicks. Out of defence, I thought Carlos yeah. was really good actually in the in the first half. Funny run from him though. I've never seen him before when he went when he dropped into that sprint. I don't know whether you noticed it. He went into a funny sprint at one time that I've never never really seen before. It was a uh, like something out of a, out of a film the way the way he was running. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed that momentarily in in the game. Yes, yeah. so you could argue that we're weak or not as strong in in certain positions. But I just think he would have identified that in the summer and done something. Yeah. About it, January is a notoriously bad time to mm. to buy players. We did really well with Moreno last summer. 
if you can identify a player from maybe La Liga, Serie A, that it's a team that's not playing in European football, you've got a good chance of getting them in like, like we did with Morano for a reasonable fee because the Premier League's finances really dwarf mm. yeah, those yeah. leagues except for the, the really big teams that take part in, in those competitions. But we're in the position now where if we're to bring someone in to improve us, you're not going to, you don't want to be getting players in for the sake of it. That's not how you improve. You want to be getting players in that are better than your starting 11. We're not going to be able to do that in January. Identify, well, we might identify them, but we're not going to be able to pick up the type of player that takes us up, up a level like Diaby has. That's what the, what the summer's for. Diaby's really been, I know he was dragged at half time yesterday, but Diaby's been a real upgrade on what we've seen previously in, in those positions. And actually, he's made Leon Bailey. Raise, raise his game as well. But yeah. You can't get that kind of player in, in, in January if you're not offering Champions League football, I, I, think, I, I would say. I think possibly even you and me spoke about it in the summer on the podcast about when you make signings to improve your squad, you're signing somebody for the first 11 pretty much and whoever was yeah. already in the first 11 becomes a bench player. You're not going to do that in January. And if you are, it's going to be silly money that they aren't going to be prepared to pay. Like Let's say yeah. you do want to write back, you're going to fly 50 odd million to get somebody better than Matty Cash. Who is that player going to be and are they going to come in January? It's just not going to happen. I think the other factor in the transfer business in January is that obviously at the moment we are in the Champions League positions and that, you know, Emery can play it down as much as he likes, but we're going into December in the top four. I think the target yeah. within the club will be we want to qualify for, for the Champions League. So then you get to the, the summer and let's say we do qualify for the Champions League you can then get in a higher quality of player because you've got Champions League football. Look at what New Newcastle did in in the, in the summer. You know, they're probably getting a, a – I know it's worked out badly, but, you know, Tonali, they're not in the Champions League. They don't pick someone like, like that up and whatever's happened, he's a, he's a good footballer. And unfortunately for Newcastle, he's not not playing for the for, for the rest of the season. So you then – you know, if you're spending £15 million on a squad player, that's money that can be better spent yeah, in, in in the summer. And it's also you're bringing in people who aren't going to make you any better and aren't going to add any benefit to the squad. I don't want to use Den Donker as an example who we signed at the end of a end of a summer window for a, for around 15 million because we picked up a picked up a few injuries, if I if I recall, and Den and we thought Louise might go. So we basically panicked and signed Den Donker. And there's been nothing wrong with Den Donker because I, I've actually liked what he's done when pretty much when he's been in the pitch. I think he's been a been a useful player to see out games. And the odd time he came in last season, I thought he was thought he was half decent. He's barely played this season. We spent 15 million on him and he's probably on about 60, 70 grand grand a week. Mm. That's not how you how you improve your football club. So yeah. it would be that type of signing in January to Try and when people say we need more depth, that would be the way you go about it. And I don't, I don't really agree with that. And from what I've seen in Emery's body of work so far, I don't think he does either. Here he's joining the pod. He's excited now. He's, he can see himself. He's a good looking boy. I mean, Phoebe <laughs> must be very, very cute because there's no, no Fair enough, yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> it's a very kind of like lazy thing to say. And I've, I've felt this a few times this season when we do the podcast about like when we can't like analyze a match or a signing or whatever. I kind of, I'm kind of just happy to sit there and go, just let Emery do what he wants. And like not yeah, overthink, it, uh, overthink it as a fan, which I know is like a massive cop out. But if Emery doesn't want anyone in January, I'm not going to sit here and kind of argue against that because. He's the king, isn't he? he? He can do what he wants. Likewise, the reverse of that, if we think, oh, we don't need to sign him, but, but Emery does think we do, fair enough. Because he, he knows best. 
I'd back it all the way. You know, I've, I've, I've said what I've said, but if Emery suddenly turns around and buys, I don't think we will, but if Emery suddenly turns around and buys three players, I'd be like, okay, he, he knows better than me. I was, I was completely wrong. I'd, I'd hold my hands up. That's just the way I'm I'm seeing things and from speaking to people, I'm just coming on here and, and saying, not an informed opinion, but an opinion based on my own thoughts and from speaking to, to other people as well. So that, that's why I'm coming on here and saying it. But ultimately, you and I, Emery, is, is the king. You know, he actually got it wrong yesterday in the first half <laughs> against Tottenham. It didn't work, but we've got a manager that can rectify things and we've gone on and won the game. So ultimately, it, has, it hasn't it has mattered what one iota, what, what we did in the, in, in the first yeah. half. He does get things wrong, but the majority of the time, he gets he gets things right and he gets a hell of a lot right. And if he does get something wrong, he's got the ability to look at it, analyse it and think off the cuff and think on the fly and make it better and do something to mm. turn around and get and get Villa three points, which he's done by by and large. So yeah, this is whatever happens in January, the space and the place that this football club is in at the moment is like nothing I've I've ever seen. I really think that the sky is the limit. I have never ever been so excited to, to be a to be a Villa fan. I wake up every day and then happy with with football and Villa and that hasn't been the case for probably 80% of my my life I don't have any worries about about Villa I just think we're going so well and in such a such a great place and it's so good to watch Wolf's absolutely buzzing with the chat as well he can't hear me but he's absolutely buzzing with, with what's going on at Villa Park as well doesn't know how lucky he is to, he's gonna no, he no, be no. growing up with Unai Emery's Aston Villa he hasn't hasn't got a clue has he the last time you and me did a podcast, uh, it wasn't this one. He was asleep. So uh, this 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 show has gone better than that one. Uh, yeah, he seems interested at least. Uh, Dan, thanks for joining me. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. As always, you're, you're very much welcome to come back whenever you like with an opinion. Uh, and we'll have a chat for, for 15 minutes or so. Uh, Dan, thank you for joining me. Will, thanks for crawling around and being a nuisance. Thanks for those for watching. Get involved with your thoughts in the comments down below if we need to sign in or not. Uh, we'd love to hear them. Me and John are going to do uh, another bonus episode later this week about Ollie Watkins and why he's the perfect striker for Aston Villa uh, so stay tuned to Claret and Blue and uh, you'll see that before anyone else stay Cheers, tuned everyone. to all other Villa podcasts as well yeah there's, there's some alright ones out there